Welcome to Lesbians Who Write with Claire Lydon and T.B. Markinson. Conversations about writing and lesbian fiction. Join us as we draw back the curtain on the writer's life. Welcome to episode 181 of Lesbians Who Write. This week's topic is what should writers stop worrying about? Join me, join me, joining me, Claire Lydon is my co-host, the completely worry-free T.B. Markinson. Hello T.B., how are you today? Yes, yes, I never worry about anything. I'm never like a stress ball. Let's skip that part because that's just a normal thing. Let me be the first, and I hope I'm the first. If not, just lie to me. I'm used to women lying to me. Let me be the first to tell you happy pride. Is it, It's not June yet? Oh, it is June by the time this comes out. Yes, is that what you mean? Yes. Okay, yeah. We're recording this on May the 30th. I'm like, do you know what? I'm not, I feel like I'm not ready for pride this year. Maybe I'm just not feeling proud, but I, I, I don't feel like it's June yet because it's not probably, but it is by the time this comes out, by the means of time travel. But thank you anyway. That was a long-winded yes. way of saying thanks. Too early, too early. So you like to celebrate Christmas early, but not Pride. I'm not really. Uh, I'm not really a Pride person. Like I like a rainbow. Don't get me wrong, but I don't like all the merchandise with rainbows all over it. I Here don't... they're taking the merchandise down because people are throwing fits, and so like they're mm. just getting rid of all the rainbows because um, we are letting the haters win, which right. is lovely. I mean, I don't like the merchandise, but I'm happy for other people to like it. You're not going to go into the store and be like, fuck Pride, take this down. No, uh, no. I, I feel like uh, I, I'm an equal opportunities rainbow facilitator. All right. Well, this is going to lead me into my first update. I survived the big May IHS sale, and now we're launching into celebrating sapphic trailblazers every day in June for Pride. It's our way to... Um, it's our way to highlight uh, the people who have impacted us. And the older I get, the more I understand just how much we do have to remember, remind, and celebrate Pride because things are getting a little scary again in the world. Um, I'm, I'm getting really sick and tired. Well, I've always hated it, but I'm, since it's been so prevalent in, in our faces yet again, I'm really sick and tired of all the hate. And for a brief time, I thought we were past all this stupid shit, but nope. Nope, we're turning hard back into the times where it's just scary again, which sucks. <laughs> so, it, happy Pride! Yeah. I'm not going away, bitches. Happy, happy Pride! Happy Pride! Happy Pride! Yeah, that was TV's way of wishing you all happy Pride. Uh, we're all going to die. Right, what, what have you been up to? Okay. Um, in book publishing news, we published the German translation of the German of the German show, the morning show, which is the title, because you always, you know, you always attempt your German titles, and it's always kind of fun, but uh, mine is this die morning show. Not not very exciting on this end. That's rubbish. Where's the Germany words? <laughs> they don't really have a German translation for the morning show. <laughs> so, so that's what it is. Um, it took a while for the ebook and paperback to link. And we're going like on five days and it still hasn't ranked yet. So it's been fun. It's been a fun launch. Yeah. <laughs> You've, we've missed these no ranking launches, haven't we? Said no one ever. And especially when it's in a foreign language, that's even funner. Yeah, I'm like, I probably should email them. But I'm like, do I have to email them in German? <laughs> 
so complex. Do I need my translator for an email to be like, why am I not ranking? Do you know what? I had a stressful morning this morning uh, for reasons not, not concerned with writing at all. And that just actually gave me a belly laugh, TB, so thank you. Well, I'm always here for the belly laughs. Um, usually I don't know I'm causing them. Usually it's just something I'm doing and everyone's like, I can't believe you did that. But yeah, so that's exciting news. So the German translation is out. Um, readers are finding it. I don't know how, since it's not ranked or anything, but readers are finding it, so that's great. Great. Um, well, thank you very much. In other news, in other IHS news, I have a lot of IHS updates. This We officially migrated from MailChimp because uh, MailChimp just kept rising the prices higher and higher and higher, all the while taking a lot of functionality away. Even though I was paying a ridiculous amount each month, I couldn't send at best time because that they wanted me to pay even more for that. Um, so... We finally migrated from MailChimp to MailerLite. It hasn't been a fun experience. It hasn't been a fun experience at all. Um, usually when you do massive things like this, some things go a little crazy, and some things did go a little crazy. So, um, But, you know, we did it. The painful part is over. <laughs> the painful part is over. But um, So that is another thing I've been wanting to do for a very long time because MailChimp started jacking up the prices, what, a year, a year and a half ago? I don't know. I moved from MailChimp like five years ago, so I have no idea. But and now I moved to ConvertKit. These are all mainly Lyft softwares, by the way. If you're sitting there thinking, "What the heck? What the heckity thump are they talking about?" I'm thinking about moving away from them. I wondered if you'd gone with the author email because I was listening to a podcast with uh, that guy uh, recently. Because if you've got less than ten thousand subscribers, he only charges like ten ninety nine a month or something. So it's it's um, there's no free tier. But it it um, future proofs you, you know, uh, up until then, and then you know it goes up in price. But it's pretty low cost. But I, I'm thinking about moving. I'm thinking about moving again. But I remember the pain of moving from Mailchimp to ConvertKit, which I think is what they bank on, right? They like, <laughs> as soon as they got you, they're like, well, we can just get, put the prices up because it's a it's it took about one week, a full week of work to move it like full yeah. time like five solid days of work so it was a, a big thing to do but I was pleased I did it and I've liked ConvertKit but again now I'm thinking I'm not sure if it's worth the money yeah I I was with the whole pain of moving and I haven't moved my um author one over and that's like the next one I need to tackle but IHS was uh bigger and everything and it was costing more because with the my author one since I was um, grandfathered in for a lot of it, I wasn't going up to that high price, but IHS. And for a while, I was just kind of like, oh, no, it's too big of a hassle. I won't do it. But then at the last time they raised the price, I was like, fuck it. <laughs> you guys are just going to keep raising the price and raising the price, and it's not what I'm getting is not worth it. So we did that. In other news, Rand and I are setting up a Patreon account for IHS. Uh, our website, Designers... Uh, have wanted us to do this for a while to help defray the cost of running the website because since we have moved over to the new uh, website with the database and everything, the costs have gone really high. Notice this is cost conscious <laughs> episode. I went to a cheaper mailing service and now I'm trying to uh, increase another income funnel to support IHS, the website. So um, we're finally doing it. We've talked about it for, I remember when we were in New Mexico last summer for GCLS conference, I remember sitting by the pool and we were coming up with things we could offer for a Patreon and 
now it is June 30th of 2023, so that was July 2022. I'm really fast when it comes to change. Really. I seem to remember doing this for uh, the podcast in Whitstable about uh, three years ago, and uh, that never happened. So you're quicker yes. with this one. Yes, yes. Well, the costs for uh, IHS are uh, significantly higher than the ones for the podcast. So it is more expedient. I have to do it to order support it. So yeah, so um, that is launching soon, which is leading me to my next point. Miranda and I are preparing for the Golden Crown Literary Society uh, Conference in Denver, which is at the end of this month. It's about, as we're recording, I think about three weeks away that we'll leave. And I know a lot of people um, might not know this, especially people who are listening outside of the U.S., so I'm going to try and be a little clear. Um, I live in Massachusetts, which is on the East Coast, and Denver is kind of further west, um, about 2,000 miles away from me, It's um, and we're driving there. If you wanted to drive there, which we're going to do, it is 28 hours. So obviously we can't do it in the day because we literally can't. <laughs> but since it is, we wanted to have a road trip this summer and we decided to combine the two. So we're doing a road trip. And so we'll be driving there. We'll be taking four or five days. I can't remember. And we'll be stopping here and there, here and there to do some fun things. And that is one of the ways that our Patreon uh, peeps can get involved because um, we're going to allow people to follow along on our travels. So we'll be like sharing some behind the scene travel stuff with the people who sign up for the Patreon. Is this, you, go, is this uh, you going into diners and live streaming coffee being poured? That sort of thing. I think that would only work for an audience of one. <laughs> I don't know how many, how many have the diner coffee pour <laughs> Uh, what kink or kink what, i like it kink. <laughs> yeah you have a diner coffee pour kink now i have for people who don't know what the, we're talking about claire who lives in britain when she, she doesn't really have american diners sadness all around but one of her favorite things is that they keep pouring more coffee and i've actually have taken photos of the server pouring coffee and sent photos to claire to be like here you know, I would and like, I don't drink coffee. Yeah, but, I, I would like more photos, thanks. I'll, I will do my best okay. to get photos, coffee ink photos for you. But um, so yeah, when the the uh, Patreon account should go live soon, and um, I'm sure I'll talk about it with the next record. And if the link is live before this is uploaded, I'll add the link in the show notes. And some fun news. Uh, Miranda and I went to Amherst, Massachusetts over the, we just had a three day weekend and we toured the home of Emily Dickinson, the uh, American poet. I didn't know a lot about her before I showed up. I learned some things and the home was absolutely beautiful. And the guy uh, read us some poems, but I know this is really embarrassing to admit for a professional writer. Poetry just goes right over my head. <laughs> I wish I got it more. I wish I could be like, you know, craft like these beautiful images and everything. It just goes right over. So I don't know what they mean, but I guess that's the beauty of poetry because it can mean anything. It's kind of like song lyrics. You ask someone uh, to define what the song means to them. It's usually different from everybody else. So, yes. So that, that's been that's been my uh, two weeks since we last spoke. A lot of pain and suffering. 
<laughs> just a normal two weeks for TV, pain and suffering. Well, over here, um, uh, I have been um, just ticking along, really, ticking along with all the projects, so doing some writing. I've hit 50K on one project, 30K on another, so, um, you know, just ticking along. Not much more to say about those, really. I should book an editor soon. That's what I should do, but I haven't done that can you, yet. Can you smash the two and just, like, have the 80K book done? That would be, that be awesome? That would be good. It would be weird, and there wouldn't be an ending, <laughs> but it would be, you know, that. well, basically what we need, isn't it? 80K. Boom. Yeah. There you go. Which is what I really need to do with the next book, because Hotshot was 96K, and uh, I use the same font in the print book, and uh, it doesn't fit through a normal letterbox anymore. So the postage has all gone up a level. So I really need to keep my books down in words, because they're normally 75, or reduce the font uh, size, but I don't really want to do that. So lesson learned. Be more concise. We, I don't have a letterbox here. So uh, I do remember, uh, I have a vague recollection every time I went to go post something in the UK, they like would stick it through something yeah. to see if it fit. And it was always kind of funny because like, even if it was just like an envelope, they would like, do they have to act it out each time? They do. Every single time they have to act it out. <laughs> and if the letterbox it... is what a flat no and it won't go and this won't go through so uh lesson learned i have to write uh less words so there you go um yeah so but anyway writing doing well um as for and, and i think there is a correlation you know between my writing going well and me being a bit more active because you remember that i hadn't been active because i've had a dicky ankle and just like for a long time i couldn't walk on it um or not far anyway now I'm getting out and about for my morning walks um, when I can, so that's really good. It's made me feel, you know, like summer is almost here, um, and I'm back in the gym, um, and it's so it's all, uh, there's a good correlation between me feeling good physically and getting back in the writing swing, I'm sure. Um, yeah, ankle's still not fixed, but we're getting there. Um, what else have I been up to? Uh, I've been trying to sort out my finances, so I've uh, had a, a meeting with an fin independent financial advisor chap um, he was very nice. He was a recommendation. So I'm going to try and sort out, you know, amalgamate my pensions and all that sort of thing. Really, really exciting and dull. But, you know, I did go to think about going to an independent financial advisor, but apparently they charge £500 an hour, which I thought was a little bit excessive. So this guy charges £0 an hour. So I thought that was far better. So I went with him. I'm sure he makes his money in some other way, but I'd have to pay him £500 for him to talk boring things at me. I really try and concentrate in meetings like this, but I, I know I glaze over after about five minutes when he starts talking about, well, uh, things I don't even know because I've stopped listening. Um, yeah, and then this past weekend, we've had a very exciting weekend. We, it was also a three-day weekend in the UK. The, our third one of May, we've had three bank holidays this May. We normally have two. We had an extra one for the coronation. So this one, uh, we were at my friend's birthday party on Saturday. Uh, the weather was gorgeous enough for us to be out in the garden all night she had a cocktail bar in her garden a catered dinner we all sat at a table in the garden there was a silent disco it was it was brilliant really good and then on, on the monday we went to a friend's wedding a sikh wedding my first ever sikh wedding and what i can say the sikhs love to dance they love to drink and they love to party uh, so it was it was a weekend full of fun and joy tb so i feel like i had three days off because uh you know we were away for three days just going to parties. 
There you go. And you've been doing a lot of silent discos. I have. <laughs> it's my, like, I haven't done a silent disco uh, for about seven or eight years, and I've done two in a month. Yeah. 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 Is that just a new thing again? No, I Is don't. It like, like bubble tea was during, like, the pandemic? Now it's silent discos. <laughs> bubble tea's still going strong, you know. I think that about the sixth shop has just opened within a five-minute walk of my house. So bubble tea still going strong. Silent discos... Who knows? I think that they're I think that they're still quite in vogue, but I didn't realise now you can hire them for your house. So, but I think it was a good thing because obviously my friend we were out in her garden dancing till two in the morning. Now, if you don't want to disturb your neighbours, a silent disco is the way to go, isn't it? There you go. But do you guys giggle and laugh? I mean, we were shouting the words really loudly, obviously, and couldn't hear it. <laughs> Uh, and this week, in the other exciting news, we're off. To, we're back to the Spurs Stadium, but it's the most exciting date of the season, TV, because we're not going to see Tottenham. We're going to see Beyonce. There you go. There you, you probably have better feelings when you leave this <laughs> yeah, one. I'm hoping. <laughs> I don't think the good thing is I don't think we're going to lose. So you know, yeah. um, we've well, already, we've already won. There you go. And then did the the Spurs women survive? They did. They did. They did. They, yeah, won, the, the they won. They won that crucial game. So we 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 came about ninth of twelve in the end. Okay, and then the men are they going to any? Do they have any of the competitions? No, we for next year we completely failed. We came eighth. I don't know what that means. So that means like no FA Cup or no like. Oh no champions. no! Everybody gets in the FA Cup. That's a domestic. I don't fucking understand your system. <laughs> domestic League Cup and FA Cup are domestic. We didn't get into Europe. For the first time since 2008. Great season. What are the European ones? I just know the Champions League. The Europa Cup and the and then the Europa Conference Cup. Why the fuck do you need all this shit? <laughs> Who keeps track of it? Jeez. So, like, I would hate to be the scheduler. <laughs> I would hate to be the scheduler. You would. You would hate to be the scheduler. We've, we've just tried to work out when we're going to record because we're going to be taking a little bit of time off after the next podcast because uh, we're both away and and that took a long time didn't it trying to schedule that one that one podcast recording yes yeah so um trying to schedule like all the different teams and everything that would be hard because um, you don't know how far people are going to go in the champions league or anything so yeah yeah but exciting times for football fans i'm sure it's just very confusing for the rest of us where i'm just like huh i do like how they handle it in ted lasso because like they have to like explain it to Ted every time because he doesn't understand like why it's not a Premier League game it's a different game and he's like that's different <laughs> I really should watch Ted Lasso shouldn't I but it's on Apple TV and I just can't be bothered to just I know I can subscribe and unsubscribe after a month but oh I can't be bothered it, it's probably your speed though because like it is just pure happiness right and you it's like it's like football for Hallmark fans. Mm. It's just pure happiness. Okay. All right. You might be selling it to me. Anyway, uh, comments. Got any? So we have a comment from Dharma. Dharma says, hey, I just listened to the episode. Great as always. I am signed up for the 20 books Vegas and would love to get together. So feel free to reach out. And also great suggestions about the local writer beatups. That's how I got my start. So Dharma, if, if you're there and you um, spot us, let, it, uh, let us know and I will keep an eye out as well. Uh, do we? I don't. I've never been. I don't know if we're gonna have like name tags or, or what up. But um, yeah, hopefully we connect. I see. Yeah, do do um get in touch, uh, Dharma. Uh, Dharma or Dana? 
Dharma. Dharma. D-H-A-R-M-A. Okay, Dharma. Yeah, do get in touch and, um, or yeah, message one of us on um, Instagram or Twitter or email at Lesbians You Might. If you're going to message us while we're there, message Claire, because I don't keep that stuff on my phone. Okay, message me. Um, Yeah, do message us, but we will have name tags, but there are 2,000 people at this conference, so I'm sure maybe we'll sort of bump into each other, but, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on in it. Yes, but how exciting. How exciting. We're getting, um, because I keep hearing about other sapphic authors who are going, so we might have a, a sapphic contingent that sounds very military and i don't really like it a sapphic rainbow parade how we go there let's have the rainbow parade i want it's pride stop the scrunchy face (laughs) so against rainbows (laughs) i'm going posse all right posse yeah at first i heard pussy well okay that's your (laughs) (laughs) that's your head to be not mine right (laughs) we got any i haven't got any comments any coffees no, no coffee update. So now we we just need to get into the nitty gritty part of the podcast, okay. which is which, I don't know how we're phrasing this. Which is things writers should stop worrying about. That's everything. Who, that's you. I mean, not you, TB. Just you, dear listener. Stop worrying about these things. We don't know how we're going to do this. I've got a list. TV's got a list. So I'll just read the first one I've got. All right. Stop worrying about getting it right first time. Mm. Be that your first draft or your first book. Neither are going to be your best work and you just have to accept that. First drafts are when you tell the story to yourself. The next is when you tell the story to a reader. And the next is when you smooth it out and maybe give it to your editor so they can tell you how to smooth it out a bit more. Meanwhile, your first books are the starting blocks to your catalogue. If this is a career, it's the first step. And is the first meal a chef ever prepares brilliant, their best one? No. Uh, is the first pancake you cook always the worst? Yes, it is. I know this because I've recently started doing pancakes. But but they get better as they go, right? So uh, your first book, it's never going to be your best one. So don't worry about getting it right first time. Just get a book out there. It won't be perfect, but it might be. It might register with a good amount of readers. It's with a, one of the points I wrote down, but I just want to focus on the big thing here. You're making pancakes. I don't see you as a pancake connoisseur. What happened? Um, I, I just started to make them. You're right. I'm not a pancake connoisseur, but I've made them three times in the last month. It's a bit like silent discos for me. Pancakes. Pancakes and silent discos are just all the rage in yeah. the light and household. They right. are. So this, your point kind of goes with one of my points is don't worry about the quality of your first draft. It's supposed to be shit it's gonna be shit um you just need to get the words down and then then you could start molding it into not shit do try and mold it into not shit because you know that'll that'll make it less shit right would you like to do the next point or do you want me to, to do the one? Oh, I, i'm gonna i'm gonna stick with ideas some worry that they will run out of ideas and they think that the the the, the well will run dry I've been writing, publishing almost 10 years now, and I have so many ideas, I'm already starting to worry that I won't be able to tell all the ideas I have, because, you know, we have a finite amount of time on this planet, so um, don't worry, don't, like, put all of your ideas into the one book, um, or you can put all those ideas into the one book, um, because you're not going to run out of them, you're just not going to run out of ideas. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And uh, an adjunct to that, one of my points is stop worrying about people stealing your ideas. 
the short answer is will people steal your ideas the short answer is they might I don't mind telling people my book ideas because those people still have to write them <laughs> me and someone else could could have exactly the same idea and the, but the plot and the intricacies of the story will never be the same and neither will the language used, the author voice the emotion all of it ideas and execution are very different things so don't worry about people stealing your ideas ideas are cheap execution is everything uh, and what about people stealing your book if you send it out to your editor um, to your art readers people pirating it again they can and they might but most people won't so don't worry about that and if people do pirate it you can't control it focus on what you can control Oh, the pirates are always going to get you, no matter what. I don't know any author who hasn't had to deal with pirates on some level. So that's just a part of life. There's always going to be someone out there who wants to steal it. But sticking with the idea thread, since we're on the idea thread right now, one of mine is don't worry about if your idea is original enough. Humans have been telling stories for centuries. We're not recreating the wheel. <laughs> you don't have to come up with some mind-blowing idea because every writer is going to put their own spin on the idea. It kind of goes back with the idea of stealing, worrying about people stealing your ideas. No two writers are going to write the same story. And so you don't have to have like the most complicated plot. And probably I would not recommend that anyway because um, readers are reading mostly for enjoyment and they don't want to have to like put like one of those mortar bird boards on their wall and try and figure out where the plot is going. So don't worry about not being original enough. Just put your own spin on it. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, that was one of my points as well. And I was I was recently asked this. I was asked uh, by somebody, am I going to carry on writing books based in London or do I think I've, I've, I've done London? And uh, um, my answer was... Um, you can never outdo London or whatever your London is and there are always more stories to tell right my readers love reading my London romance books I'm known for being a London based author um, I, people connect me with London those books sell why wouldn't I do more of them so it, if you have there been love stories set in London before yes have there been sapphic love stories set in London before yes does it stop me writing them no I lived in London for, what, six, six and a half years, and I feel like I barely scraped the surface, and I spent almost all my free time exploring London. So there is a lot to do in London. London's massive. But also, there's always so many stories, and and you're very comfortable in London, so it allows you to explore the love. Yeah, but it's like, as I said, whatever your London is, right? It doesn't have to be London. Uh, it doesn't have to be a place. It could just be like, maybe you love setting stories uh, by the sea. So if people like them and like reading them, why would you stop doing that? No, lean into your strengths. Don't worry about overdoing it. I think that sort of goes along with the uh, originality idea, right? It's like, it's fine. If if people like what you do, then just give them more of the same, basically. Yeah, but, or if you, if you really love writing the small town second chance yeah. stories lean into it if that's your bread and butter go for it yeah i mean you know we, there are plenty of people who who do that right they write sp uh, specific tropes like age gap quite a lot of people write age gap because they sell well so they've like oh people liked that one when i read it i'll write another one why not yes yes all right is it my turn i'm no idea i'm lost do you want it to be your turn um, sure sure don't think of other authors as being your competition they are not, they are your co-workers. So don't be afraid 
of working with other authors, like with newsletter swaps or, you know, exchanging ideas and such like that. We're not your competition. We're your friends. We're your supporters. We're your cheerleaders. Going off the uh, other writers, so I would also say don't worry about other writers and what they're doing. To be the best writer you can be, concentrate on doing the things that can help you, like writing more books and reading craft and doing more practice writing and all that. If you're constantly looking over your shoulder, looking left, looking right at other people, checking the charts to see uh, what other people's books are doing, that's just a, a, a method of procrastination and distraction. Focus on your writing and make it the best and, and don't follow, just because somebody else, something else worked for someone else, don't think it will automatically work for you. Um, because your life and your writing and your books are not theirs. Very true. All right, so my we're, next we're, point... We're full of wisdom, aren't we? Well, well, I guess so. <laughs> I, it's hard to associate me with wisdom. I don't know why, because I have been doing this for 10 years and, you know, have a decent career and such. But um, also, as we know, I am the one that's just like, the stress ball and always afraid of everything and here I am trying to tell everyone don't be afraid everything's gonna be fine but um so my next my next thing not to worry about is uh those one star reviews yes they suck sometimes they hurt sometimes they're very mean <laughs> they're very mean or they can be attacking you as the writer and everything but just just don't worry about it um that's the thing with stories not everyone is gonna like everything and then there are some people who just really like to be a troll so try not to let them worry you too much don't get caught up on the one star reviews yeah I'd absolutely agree with that that was one of my points um, and uh, I, I did see a thing on social media recently where somebody was saying and, and this is a very common one with uh, sapphic and lesbian books right quite often somebody will get say one star and then their review will be some some version of did not realize there'd be so many lesbians. Uh, now, you could uh, rant and rail about that review and say, oh my God, it's bringing my average down. You know, eventually it will not ruin your average, so don't worry about it. Um, but also, uh, you could use that as a plus, like use it as a selling point. Turn it around, take a screenshot, put that in your advertising and say, "Did not if you want more lesbians, this is the book for you. So, you know, you could use it to your advantage. So it's not personal. It's just somebody dashing off a review, like, you know, didn't realise there were going to be so many lesbians. Well, you know, that's not your fault. Yes, and I can't remember the author's name now, but there was one author who took that review, and when uh, they wrote the sequel to the book, they added more lesbians, and that was their, like, um, selling copy, like, even more lesbians <laughs> this time. So, I mean, that is, like, the, the best response because I've had those reviews where like great book but so many lesbians or whatever and stuff like that we all get them and so I really I really like that author's yeah, spin on it absolutely because it was just like embrace it embrace it and don't let the haters get you down yeah I think every single person who's ever written sapphic fiction has got that review in one shape or form at some point mm -hmm. in their career um, it will happen to you um, and you might rant and rail at, at first but, you know, see if you can use it to your advantage. Why not? You've yeah. It kind of says you've made it, right? If you get that review. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Does one star Charles still, is he still striking? No idea. 
I've no idea if he's still on Goodreads. That was someone who used to always give good one star to any lesbian book. I've no idea if he ever did it to mine because I never really investigated. Like I say, TB, don't worry about it. I hardly ever go on Goodreads because it's um, not a pleasant experience for authors. See, I quite like it as to remember the books I've read. So I did go on it, but I don't really look at my reviews. Don't worry about them, everyone. Right, my next one is don't worry that it's too late. It's not too late and you're not too old to do this. There are not too many books in the world already. The world needs your book. The only one, the only person who can write that book is you. Now, I thought I was too late when I started in 2014. I know, laughable. But at that time, I think every time, whenever you start, you think, oh God, I've left it too late. You haven't, you haven't. In 2014, it wasn't too late. Everybody always thinks it's too late, it's not. Plenty of writers start their career in their retirement and do well, you know? It's never too late, especially to learn something new and stick it to everyone. Basically, if you're worried about it being too late, it means you're scared, but it's okay to be scared, but just conquer the fear. Feel the fear and do it anyway, TB. Yes, I published my first book when I was 39. And um, yeah, I also thought was like, I wanted to be a writer since I was a kid. Why did I, why, why did I wait so long and stuff like that? But um, life, life happens. And uh, not everything goes on a even flat surface. When you're traveling life, um, there's going to be a lot of bumps and everything. So it's not too late. Always chase your dreams and always keep striving to become the person you want to be. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I'm the same. I was, I think I was 40 when I published my first book. And I, I was, I'm in awe and admiration at people who do it at a younger age, you know, like people who just chase their dreams right away. Amazing. Well done you. But it's never too late. That's the key thing. All right. So my next one is um, rejection. We all worry about rejection. It kind of goes with the one-star reviews, but we also worry about rejection, um, not just with, like, the readers and everything, but, like, rejection by friends and family. Um, even those closest to you may not understand what it's like to be a writer, may not understand the um, uh, ups and downs of the writer experience and the story the ups and downs of the story. So um, don't fear rejection, but don't expect all your friends and family to understand everything you're going through. This is why uh, we always recommend um, finding other authors, especially if um, within your genre or within, you know, if, if you're a sapphic writer, find other sapphic authors and stuff like that. Create your own tribe to help you get through the dark um, points of writing because um, it's, it's kind of like every other job. Like, yeah, you can be supportive of a family member who's going through a diff difficult part of the job, but you're not going to understand it unless you actually do it. So don't worry if, like, the people closest to you don't understand what you're going through. Find people who do understand and lean on them to help you get through the difficult times. Because there will be difficult times. This isn't an easy career, but no career is easy. Yes, indeed. Uh, my next one is uh, don't worry about winning awards. Now I say this to someone as someone who's won awards, been shortlisted for awards and been overlooked in awards. Uh, my conclusion, none of it matters. Yes, you might get a shiny gold scar for the front of your book, a trophy that makes a good doorstop, and you can put award winning on your cover, but these are all vanity metrics. We're all vain, so we all chase them. You know, I, I am guilty of this, but a lot of awards um, started off uh, as 
to promote and market a particular publisher or section of the market. And some awards are money-making schemes. Not all of them, but some of them. And judges are just people who are susceptible to bias, to bad days, to hating your first name because someone with their, the same first name just broke up with them last week. So there's no way they're going to vote for a book with someone named Claire. All these things can come into play. There are many reasons why your book might win an award and might not. And they're not all about how good your book is. So some wildly successful books never won awards. Plus awards are out of your control. So if you're desperate to enter the award and you desperately want the voluntary metric, enter them if you must, but don't worry about them. Yeah, and a point that kind of goes with that is like um, a lot of people try to get like the number one ranking, especially in the Amazon stores. And so they'll they'll um, put their books in smaller categories so they can get that number one ranking, but it doesn't fit actually their book. Um, stop chasing the orange banner. Just stop chasing the orange banner. It's kind of deceptive to the readers if you like have like a book and it you you're the number one book in landscape and gardening, but it has like you know they just walk through a park. Don't go for that. Just write your story and don't worry about awards. Don't worry about your ranking and stuff like that. It's, that's the stuff you can't control. That's all down to an algorithm and everything like that. Tell the best story you can. That's the most important thing. And that was my computer telling me to go and make a cup of tea. Stop worrying about this podcast. That's what my computer just yeah. said to me. <laughs> Wait, you have a reminder to make a cup of tea? I have a, a hourly reminder just to tell me to get up and go and make it. It just says, how about a cup of tea? Oh, so like it comes up with prompts for you to get out of the chair? Like you didn't set a reminder that's like, 3 p.m. must have tea now. No, no, no. Every hour it does it. <laughs> I don't have a cup of tea on the hour every hour. That would be a bit much caffeine, but yeah. Um, yeah, they, I totally agree with the uh, orange badges. Uh, yeah, there are so many books on Amazon that are number one bestsellers. And I'm like, uh, I've, I, I've never seen it in the lesbian romance or lesbian fiction charts. But apparently they're a number one bestseller in somewhere. I'd love to know if you're going to put it on the thing to actually put on... What what were you number one in? Because uh, you know, I have to admit, it's creative. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Especially if you got a, like a really niche one, that would be kind of fun. Yeah. <laughs> and the final one for me is actually what two, but I don't know if the other one is. Well. Anyway, don't worry about earning big money, um, because again, maybe you will, maybe you won't. But sitting staring at the charts and numbers for hours on end won't will that money to arrive. It's out of your control again all these things are out of your control but also if you really want to make big money read about money read about how best to to market your books but also review your attitude towards money I would say because if you're not open to earning more money maybe you need to remove money blocks and more money will flow your way now I know that might sound a bit woo-woo but I do believe in this shit it's sort of like sorting your mind out and getting your getting all your ducks in order so get out of your own way, set some goals, work towards them, and you might find that things start moving in the direction that you want them to go. Wait, what does that mean? Get, like, figure out other ways to make money? Is that, what did you say? <laughs> which part of which bit? <laughs> what, what, right before you said the woo-woo bit. Right. Um, I think I was talking about your attitudes towards money. Because if you're not open to... Uh, you might think, right, you might be sitting there going, oh, oh, God, why aren't my books selling more? I just want to earn more money. But but maybe you need to look into ways that to make that happen rather than just looking at the screen and crying. 
Um, maybe you need to remove money blocks and then more money will flow your way. So your money blocks might be like, I, I, oh, I'm, I'm no good at marketing, right? So you don't even bother trying. Oh, okay. But these are, these are things that are blocking your money coming in. Okay. I was wondering also if you were saying like, um, you know, also consider doing like, are you leaving money on the table by not putting out a paperback or not an audiobook and stuff like that? So yeah. I, w I wasn't sure which, which route you meant. Right. I wanted um, to clarify. It could be any, uh, any, uh, any avenue that there could be money you again yeah you might just be leaving stuff on the table if you haven't got an audiobook and maybe your money block there is like oh audiobooks is too much work i can't even i can't even no one's gonna no one's gonna want that i can't even worry about it well have a look how much your ebook is selling if it's selling decently maybe see if you can afford an audiobook and if you can't do it as a as a 50 50 split with a narrator that there are plenty of people who do that but if you're immediately saying no it's too much work that's a money block all right. Now I understand. All right. All right. Now I understand. Have you got any more? Uh, no, actually, we've gone all over okay. mine. I've got one more. Stop worrying that you're not good enough. Mm. Because... That's the biggest one, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> we ending on the biggest one. I left the best to last. Um, because by whose metric are you not good enough? Um, for some people, you'll be their favorite author. I, for some people, I'm their favorite author. You know, that, and it is subjective. Uh, and you might be somebody's favourite author too. All right, I'll put it into context. I just read a fantastic book. I, at almost every page, I had to stop and say, God, that was a good sentence, you know? And then my next thought is immediately, I should fucking give up writing because I'm never going to write anything as good as this. Um, but we're all down on ourselves. And the fact is, I can write great sentences. All right, not as many as were in this book. I'm going to admit that. But... It's great reading, be sure to read, it's great reading books like these because it shows me that this is the level that I want to get to, right? And for some people, they might look at that same book and say, oh my God, this book is trash. And, you know, and they might say, my books are better. It's all subjective. It's your inner critic. And the more time you let your inner critic attack you, the more time you're not doing writing and something that you love. So don't let your inner critic win. Write more, write some more today. And, you're, and you might even write a sentence that will make you stop and pat yourself on the back. Oh, I do love that. I do love that when, like, when I have to go through a book of mine and then all of a sudden I find that sentence and I'm like, wow, I wrote that? That's, that's, that's a great sentence. I love that feeling. And it will happen to you because you forget everything you've written. And then when you have to go back and read it again, you're like, oh, no, I'm not as bad as I thought I was. So that's always a fun feeling. Well, I'm glad that happens to you as well, because, you know, I always say any time I go back through my books, do you know what? These aren't bad. And uh, you always say that you don't think that. So I'm glad it happens to you too. Occasionally. Occasionally, yeah. <laughs> it depends on how much. It also, it, it depends on your mood, right? Um, Absolutely. I'm always super busy. So, um, yeah, it depends on your mood and if you're willing to see the good. Yes. But it, it, a huge point that your mood on the day will dictate how you see your writing and how you see other thing, other people's writing. So um, uh, the same way that a judge judging an awards uh, might not give you the awards because they've just uh, had their toilet has just exploded. And so that book that they're just reading that day, they'll just think shit when they see it. And so they'll give you one star. It's not your fault. I just have an image of a toilet <laughs> exploding in my head. 
So we weren't going to go out on a, on a high, but now we're going out on a real messy one. <laughs> I like to leave a visual image in your head as I leave, as I leave this mortal, mortal podcast. Right, okay, I think that's enough for this week. We hope you enjoyed um, this roundup of things that you shouldn't worry about. But honestly... You will worry about all of this shit, but you shouldn't. All of this shit, do you see what I did there? <laughs> but you shouldn't, because your toilet might be exploding tomorrow, and then that's an even bigger worry for you and for everyone, your neighbours mainly. All right, um, if you would like to comment on this episode, um, do let us know what you think. E- you can comment on the website, lesbianswhowrite.com. Email us, lesbianswhowrite at gmail.com. Twitter us at lesbianswhowrite. And Facebook, uh, no, not Facebook, Instagram me at Clairefic. And join us next time round when TB is going to come up with a, a brilliant uh, topic and it's going to be great. We have a summery topic since we're going off on our summer holidays. You, well, we can, yeah. This is going to be our, our uh, next, not this show, but we'll, we'll talk about that then. We can. We can, TB. All right. All right. Summer. Alrighty. Summer. All right. Until then, take care. Keep writing. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening to Lesbians Who Write. Follow us on Twitter at Les Who Write or show us some love on our website by leaving us a comment or buying us a coffee. And sign up to our newsletter while you're there to never miss another episode. Head over to lesbianswhowrite.com. Also, if you could take a moment to leave us a review wherever you listen to this podcast, it would help more listeners to discover us. Thanks so much and see you next time.